Hey guys, it's uh, Cameron again, Viking Preacher. Uh, I know it's been a while since I've been on here, so I wanted to uh, get on and uh, just express my heart and share my mind again. Uh, got a message today coming on uh, relationships and being of one mind and of one accord. Uh, one of the things uh, that is so important of being one of one mind, uh, several times in the New Testament, uh, it says that uh, as believers we're supposed to be of one mind and of one accord. And even in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus, when he's praying to God before his uh, crucifixion, he's praying that we would be of one mind just like him and the Father were. So it's a very important concept in the New Testament, and it's one that we tend to lose track of sometimes. But one of the main ways of being of one mind is through our communication. That's the main source of being of one mind. Uh, the power of communication is so powerful. And the Bible gives a very good example of just how powerful language and communication is. If uh, you look back into the Old Testament with the Tower of Babel, you had men that got together and said that we can do whatever we want. We can make a tower all the way up to the heavens. And even said that God said to himself that these men, as long as they are of one mind, they can do whatever they set their mind to. So as they're constructing this tower to the heavens, and it wasn't just because they were making a tower that upset the Lord. It was the reasoning of why they were making a tower because they wanted to glorify themselves in their ability to make whatever they so choose. And basically take on the role of God and push him out of the way. And God does not take kindly to that. So he comes down and he changes the language of everybody working on that tower. And because they couldn't talk and communicate with each other, they gave up on the project. The whole project was gone. That's how strong the power of communication is. And see, being of one mind does not automatically mean that you agree on everything that is brought to the table. But it does mean that you have agreed to work together to accomplish the mission at hand. Sometimes that means submission. Other times that means speaking up and saying, no, we shouldn't do it this way. That is not ethical and it's not biblical. But the key factor still rests on communication and the open-heartedness to work together. Not only communication, but how we say it. Our tone of voice, our body language, the words that we use sometimes. That is one thing that you cannot get out of text messages Anybody that's been text, texting people for long enough quickly realize that sometimes people misinterpret what you wrote in there because they did not get the chance to hear your tone of voice, to see your body language. What may have been an off-color joke to you sounds like you're being a jerk to somebody else when in all reality, you're not. The simple, okay... They don't know if you're being like, okay, or okay, great. Because they can't hear that change in tone there. 
But sometimes we don't always act in one accord. If you spend any long enough time around church and around other people, you realize that we got our own idea, and sometimes our idea is the best idea. Just ask them. But a lot of times, there's many times that we do not act in one accord. And sometimes somebody gets hurt. Thing, the good news about getting hurt, and I've been hurt a lot over the years. The good news about it is we can always go to verses like Psalms 34, verse 18. It says, The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the contract spirit. And you see, it's not a matter of if somebody's going to get hurt when people to get together long enough. It's a matter of when. And on top of that, because we're all guaranteed to be offended or hurt at some point, to have our feelings hurt, it's a guarantee. Somebody's going to say something that you don't like, that you don't agree with, that hurts you, that cuts you to your core. A lot of times it's what we do with that hurt that really creates whether it's going to be a big hurt or a little hurt. Sometimes we can get a little hurt and because we didn't say nothing and we just let it fester there and we kept it deep down inside, it grew and like an infection, it controlled our entire body, just like sepsis. A small paper cut and then a month later, you're in the ICU unconscious because that small paper cut put bacteria into your body because you didn't wash out the cut and get rid of the bacteria and that bacteria grew and multiplied and festered and all of a sudden you're intubated and then sitting in the ICU over a paper cut sometimes we do say something but not to the person that hurt us sometimes we say it to somebody else just venting and it grows and it festers there and instead of just growing and festering on you it also grows and festers on the person that you were talking to girl let me tell you what she did today let me tell you what she said no that's called gossip and that's just as sinful as anything else now there's a difference between going to a brother or sister and saying hey I got hurt today. I need to talk to somebody. I need to get this off my chest. Because sometimes it may not be appropriate to go straight to the person that hurt us. Sometimes we need to find healing before we approach the person that hurt us. So that we don't create more wounds. And with that, you got to be highly selective of who you choose to go to. Because not everybody can be trusted. Some people are going to take that information and take it behind your back and go places with it that you didn't like. So you got to be selective of who you trust with this information. But it's always good to have a trusted brother or sister that is of good counsel that you can go to and say, Hey man, I got hurt today. This is how I got hurt. Then they can pray with you. Over it. Then they can say, Hey, yeah, I can see how that hurt. I can see why that hurt. I don't think they meant it that way. This is what it looks like from the outside point of view here. And a lot of times that can bring on some healing there.
We also need to keep in mind that most of the time, the person that hurt us never meant to hurt us. And even more, they never even knew that they hurt us. There's some people that hang on to some hurt. And the person that hurt them never even knew it. They hang on to it 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Hanging on to that pain that they weren't even supposed to hang on to because the person never meant to hurt them. Sometimes if you are able to go to the person that hurt you and just say, hey man, that really hurt. They might be able to say, I did not mean it like that and I apologize. This is what I was meaning to get across. And then you can both go, oh, I see. I'm sorry I misinterpreted that. I'm sorry that you got hurt by what I said. I did not mean to hurt you. Sometimes what people do or don't do also hurts. Sometimes we forget that other people got lives too. Sometimes they forget things. If you ever had a friend that you called up and said, Hey, this Friday, let's hang out. Yeah, that sounds good. And then a week later, Friday rolls around. You hadn't talked to them about it since. And they didn't show up to hang out with you. You also didn't call and find out, hey, where you at? Did you get in trouble on the way over here? Did you get in a wreck? No, you ticked off because they didn't show up at Starbucks to meet with you. Instead of calling them over like, hey, we still hanging out? What's, what's going on? What's up? Sometimes people have their own life stressors. That individual may have just worked a whole bunch of extra shifts and had a major life change happen. What if five minutes after they got off the phone with you, they found out that their mother is in the hospital and now it's going to hospice. Their whole world is upside down. They may have forgotten. Hey, I said I was going to hang out with you. I've got this going on. I'm broken hearted. I forgot to call and tell you that I can't make it because my mama's in the hospice. Or Uncle Tom just died and I just found out about it. Or somebody just got fired at work and my work has been requiring me to put on an extra 12 hours this week and my mind has been on the work that I've had to do and it slipped my mind that I was supposed to come hang out with you. I'm sorry, can we reschedule? A lot of times we can be really quick to jump on that train of being ticked off about what people do and don't do. Or we assumed that they was going to do something. That's a big word. That's a dangerous word for any relationship right there. The word assume. Sometimes we can assume that somebody knows what we're thinking. That's always a bad thing because it makes something ugly out of you and me. Sometimes we assume that this person's going to do A. And when they went and did C, thinking that they were doing something in good faith, thinking they was doing the right thing, we think that they intentionally cut me off and did that. I was going to go do C, and they went and did C because they didn't want to do A. They're lazy. Uh, 
They did C because maybe they weren't thinking about A and they happen to see C and they're a visual person. Maybe A was scrubbing the toilet and C is emptying out the trash can and they just threw away their uh, lollipop there and they saw the trash can to be taken out. It wasn't because they didn't feel like scrubbing the toilet. It's because they threw away some trash and they saw the trash can was full. Or maybe you're expecting them because you said, hey, my feet really hurt. And you're expecting that loved one of yours, that husband of yours, to go, hey, let me massage your feet because your feet hurt. Well, he may not have caught on to that. You said, hey, my feet hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry your feet hurt. Mine do too. And then he goes back to what he's doing. Not because he doesn't care or love for you, but because that's not what he was thinking about. Instead of going, hey, my feet really hurt. Can you massage right there in the arch of my foot right quick? See if that helps. That might change his whole uh, mindset there. He might, yeah, baby, put that foot up here. I'll take care of it. in less intimate gatherings at work or at church. Bobby Hill over here, he's supposed to make sure that this gets taken care of. And he's already over there. He's going to take care of that, I'm sure. Bobby Hill doesn't even think about it. It didn't get taken care of. You assume that he was going to do it because he's on that side of the building. You assume that he was going to do it because that's a part of his department at work. You assumed that he was going to make that phone call because that falls under his line of work. You assumed wrong. Assumptions always get us in trouble. They always lead to division. And see, the thing about assumptions is it takes out one key component that keeps a healthy relationship. And that key component goes back to communication. Instead of assuming Bobby Hill's going to do this, how about we tell Bobby Hill, Hey, Bobby Hill, come here. Do you mind taking care of this while I take care of that? Sure thing. Sometimes we need to speak somebody's language. Plain language. Sometimes we need to open up our mouths and say, hey, this is what I see. This is what I need done. Another thing that is damaging to relationships is not necessarily what we say, but what we do especially in the Christian world. Sometimes it is real easy to judge a brother or sister because we see them doing something that ain't quite right. They're a professing Christian. They throw their hands up. They act right on Sunday. But they cuss like a sailor on Monday. Yeah, they do. We're all at fault for something. That's why Jesus, 
and one of his parables was telling the church leaders that before they go pulling a speck out of a brother's eye, they might need to get the law out of their own eye. In plain language, that means that we need to check ourselves before we go checking other people. When that little spirit of division gets into a relationship, you start noticing and looking for them dirty little sins in somebody else's life. And all of a sudden you want to call them a hypocrite because on Sunday morning they're crying and raising their hands. But on Monday they're cussing like a sailor. Maybe we need to stop and think. Maybe they're crying and raising their hands on Sunday because they know Monday they're probably going to be cussing like a sailor. Because they know that there's something off in their heart. And that they're just trying to get by like the rest of us. Maybe we need to stop and examine ourselves before we go examining somebody else. They're not perfect. Neither are you and neither am I. But we do serve a perfect God. And instead of going, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They're perfect on Sunday. They try to look right on Sunday, but they downright evil the rest of the week. Brother and sisters, we all guilty of that sometimes. Some more frequently than others. There's plenty of church leaders out there that got a secret sinful lifestyle that they don't want nobody knowing about. Some of that secret sinful lifestyle is something that they've been trying to break for years, decades even. But they just can't seem to break it. In particular, in particular, the sin of lust and pornography is so accessible. So easy. You got a cell phone right there on your hip. The devil can throw it up in your face before you even know it. Before you even know it, you're looking at things you shouldn't have been looking at. And instead of running at the first chance, you took a second look and you got trapped. I gotcha! Reeling in like a fat fish. A lot of people don't realize that the reason why they can't break that habit, that addiction, because it is an addiction, is because it's a maladaptive coping mechanism for a lot of people when they get stressed out. They don't even realize it, but when they get stressed out, they start reverting back to things like that. Just like a drug. People real quick to judge people that take drugs and their own drugs. But a lot of the times the people that are on drugs are just trying to get by. So what they don't realize is they find comfort. It releases a dopamine in their head. 
whenever they hit that porn, whenever they hit that drug, whenever they hit that Big Mac for the comfort eaters. And so their brain identifies, uh, I got trouble here, I got stress here, this relieves my stress, this makes me feel good even for just half a second. Even though it might make you feel like hell afterwards. Might make you feel real dirty. Bible also says where you store your treasure is where your heart is. So if you stop and look at the pattern in your lifestyle and realize that you're reverting back to a secret lifestyle that ain't so good that you don't want your neighbor knowing about, you might want to look at the root of the problem. Because the pornography, the food, the drugs, that's the fruit of the sin there. That's the fruit of the addiction. You hadn't even gotten to the root. What hurt you? The root, what stressed you out? Why are you doing what you're doing? And we all need help to examine the root of why we do what we do. And that's when we need to get before the God and say, God examine me. Pray out to him like the Psalm says, give us clean hands. Give us clean hearts. That's a prayer I've had to pray many times over the years. Doesn't matter what it was. Anger, lust, no matter what. Father, give me clean hands. Give me a clean heart. Give me clean eyes. Give me a clean mouth. Because sometimes I spew out very unnice words. They're not always bad words. Sometimes they're just harsh words and a bad tone. We gotta guard our relationships. Whether it be at home with a spouse or family, at work with our co-workers and our supervisors and bosses, because everybody's got a boss, or be it with our church family, we cannot allow the devil to have a foothold in our relationships. That spirit of division, it sneaks up quickly, and it hops on you and devours you before you even know what happens. We've always got to be on alert because our enemy is like a roaring lion prowling around for who he can devour. And if you ever watch lions on that geo or anything like that, you notice that a lot of times they don't go for the whole pack. They try to single out one. Predators single out their prey. Because it's easier to get a prey when it's by itself. A pack of wolves single out the sheep. A pack of lions, pride of lions, they'll single out one zebra and try and take it on. Because in the whole herd, they can't get them too well. 
the whole herd can defend off a predator. But a singled out individual by themselves has no defense and quickly becomes tower, tired and quickly becomes prey and killed and devoured. And that, folks, is what the enemy is trying to do to us. Whether it be the household all the way up to our country. If y'all want to make America great again, if y'all want to see a godly country, a strong country, it starts in your house. If you want a strong family, it starts with your spouse. If you want a strong church, it starts with your wife and kids. If you want a strong community, it's built on the relationship from your spouse to your kids, your whole family, to your church, to your community, to your state, to your country. And the way to build those relationships is through communication. And the most important communication that we can ever have is with the Holy Spirit and with our Father God. Because if you're not praying and communicating with God on a daily basis throughout the entirety of the day, you are in trouble, my friend. In trouble. And I'll close with this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you have never chosen to communicate with Him, to have a relationship with Him, and you feel like everything's going to hell in a handbasket, right now, I don't care how it sounds, I don't care how you do it, but right now, you call out to God, you call out to Jesus, and you ask Him to come into your heart. You ask Him to have a relationship with you. Because He's already right there hands open, waiting for you. Like a gentleman, waiting for you to take his hand and for him to scoop you up into his arms. Father God, I just come before you. I just ask that anybody that hears this message that does not know you would know you today, Father. I pray that any word that is not of you that was spoken would fall to the wayside and not be remembered and not even be heard. I ask that you just bless this time. Bless every listener. Speak to our hearts, Father, and guide us. Make us to be the men and women that you desire of us, Father. Help us to be intentional in our communication, intentional in our relationships, and intentional with our fellowship with you, Father. We thank you and you praise you. Amen.